fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to Welcome on, everybody, to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, where we pave your path to 2019 titles. This is episode 130. We're going to be here for your week 12 preview. First time ever also live streaming on Facebook, so welcome on in on Facebook Live if you're here. Uh, the reason I'm on live tonight and not the usual is... The truth is not with me. He's doing the most dad thing I've ever heard, a park and rec meeting. I thought that was just a TV show, but somehow he is topped the butterfly farm here, folks. Uh, he is at a parks and rec meeting, so I will be here solo getting you ready for week 12. Of course, that means our trainer's room updating you on all your injuries you need to know. I'm going to give you the higher, lower Hail Mary as we do every week on the podcast. Um, and then, of course, the, the reason I like doing these live is so I can answer your sit-start questions. I've got a great mailbag from Twitter already, but I always like to prioritize the people that have come on in and to the live broadcast and join me like Chris Jason as always Jose Vega good to see you guys um, and any likes shares appreciate anything to help this get more found but let's get you ready for week 12 I can't believe I'm even saying that the fantasy season is almost all the way over we're 75% through and the regular season only two weeks left after this one uh, this one plus one more then it's the fantasy playoffs. so we got to get the lineups right here folks so let me help you out let me get Get your set starts right for you and preview who I would have in my lineups and prioritize. And we're going to start with Thursday night football injuries because that's coming up tomorrow, of course, is Wednesday recording. You'll hear this on Thursday. Some big names, though, like Will Fuller, hamstring. He's going to be questionable for Week 12 against the Colts. Uh, he's practiced in a limited fashion every day, but he also did that last week. So I would consider him a true game time decision. Of course, he impacts the entire offense. Just that lid-lifting presence gets everybody more open underneath, especially DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he'll take a little bit of a target bump, 37% target share these last three games. Insanity over the last month, how often he's been targeted. But those quality of those looks might go up when he's drawing less attention. Kenny Stills, you can't even stream if Fuller's back. Kiki Cutie's been useless anyways. Uh, I think he could toss Fuller back in there. I know our own guy, Dan Hegarty, thinks Fuller is going to do a Robbie Anderson. Anderson style stretch run here. Uh, like, you know, again, Robbie Anderson, the top three receiver down the stretch last year. We could see that. The, the stretch run, though, looks ugly. There's three red matchups on the calendar, only one really juicy one. The Colts, not so bad, though. And I wouldn't be shocked to see that game develop into a sneaky Thursday night shootout. So uh, you could put Fuller in your lineup. He's right on my wide receiver 35 or so range. So let me know if you have any questions on him if you want to use him tonight uh, or tomorrow night, rather. Also, in the backfield for the Colts, Obviously, you know Marlon Max out at this point. We don't know exactly how long. I texted our insider, uh, Joe Hopkins, who lives out in, in Indianapolis. He said he's expecting two to four weeks. They've refused to put him on the IR, right? So that's not even a possibility. So we should see him again. I'm seeing him drop in some leagues right now. Uh, if you're a playoff-minded owner, I would stash him immediately if you see him dropped. But in his absence, what can we expect? What will this backfield look like? Can I use anyone on Thursday night? It would have been a whole lot better if Jordan Wink, uh, Wilkins' ankle was not 
on that was it was going to be inactive, but unfortunately he's removed from the Colts injury report. He should be expected to play, and he kind of led this backfield before going down uh, in any type of cleanup duty for Marlon Mack. Out of nowhere comes Jonathan Williams, gets 13 carries, uh, rips off 116 yards, kind of leads the team in snaps with Mack down, but that was also in a bleed the clock. Uh, they were dominating the Jaguars, who also have one of the worst run defenses, one of the biggest funnel run defenses in the league. Uh, so ultimately, it, it really favored Jonathan Williams to do well this week. I expect those two to kind of split the work, which just limits the upside or appeal of any of those guys. I can't confidently endorse either of them, uh, but I do like Naeem Hines coming out of the backfield. He's the clear-cut. The, out of all those guys who has a clear-cut role, it's him, and I do expect the Texans to put up their points, which means comeback mode that favors Naeem Hines. He averaged 8.5 targets per game when um, when Marlon Mack was out of the lineup last year, and no team is giving up more receptions to running backs, 7.5 per game, or receiving yards, over 64 receiving yards to running backs per game than the Texans. So this is a very juicy spot for a pass-catching backs, and that's what Hines specializes in, especially if game flow plays out. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later again as my Hail Mary of the week, but I like Naeem Hines at only 25% owned. Everyone turning to Williams. A lot of people also saying go to Wilkins. It's going to be Hines for me, the guy that I really like. And even more important than any of them, a bigger talent than any of these guys, T.Y. Hilton, questionable for Week 12, practiced in full today, which is fantastic. Another questionable pass catcher there, Eric Ebron, also practiced in full. Now, T.Y. Hilton, I'm going to save some stats for later, but he blows up against the Texans. Absolute insanity. He's been the focal point of this offense. They've been sputtering to under 200 yards. In fact, under 170 yards per passing uh, per game over their last three without him. He can I think he's going to come back right into that clear-cut number one receiver role and continue to spank the Texans as he always has. So I get T.Y. right back into my lineup if he plays. Uh, And Ebron can also get back into lineups. I I don't love him as much with Doyle and Mo Alley Cox even catching. Just that's a tight end situation to avoid. But get T.Y. Hilton back in your lineups assuming he plays. That's it for Thursday Night Football. Other injuries to keep note of in the trainer's room. And again, ask me any questions, especially for Thursday Night Football. You might have, I mean, I see Jimmy Parsons, Sal, Daniel, all our usuals here. Pump says that I'm going to get through the trainer's room, then I promise I'll get to your questions before higher, lower Hail Mary. So hang on tight with me, gentlemen. Uh, Tyler Lockett, sidelined for Wednesday's practice, you know, got hospitalized his last time out, which is obviously very concerning. Uh, but ultimately, Pete Carroll's very optimistic. We know he's as optimistic as anything with every single one of his players, the ultimate cum guzzler of his own guys. But I still think it's likely this guy plays it. You know, got really some of the hospital said it was really precautionary um and as long as he's out there tomorrow this is again wednesday we're recording this as long as he's out there on thursday um he should be good to go and if he plays i mean you gotta love him my number wide receiver four this week uh facing philadelphia i mean roto world calls him a wide receiver two and a projected shootout this guy is a top five wide receiver this week as he's been all season long the floor is enormous the guy's been over double just pretty much every single week and then he has these blow-up games too in philadelphia certainly welcoming to a blow-up spot for wide receivers, giving up the six most points and the second most points to outside receivers too. So I got to get locking into my lineups as long as he's out there. Just make sure that leg is okay after he was sidelined today on Wednesday. There's a lot of injured 49ers and that game is Sunday night football. You got to have your backup plans ready. So let's run through the gamut here real quick. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Emmanuel Sanders, and Matt Breida, all absent 
on Wednesday's practice. Uh, and then given this is a Sunday night game, you got to have your backup plans ready. You look at Ross Dwelly, only 13% owned. He had two touchdowns last week. I get it was the Arizona blueprint, the smash spot of all smash spots. But still, uh, as Kittle's replacement, you know, that's a great backup plan. You're not really going to find any other great tight ends on the waiver wire uh, that could fill in quite like that. And they're giving up the fourth most points to tight ends too, the Packers are. So I'd smack him right into my lineup uh, as a great Kittle Band-Aid. In terms of wide receivers, if Sanders or Debo are out, uh, man, are you really going to go to Pettis? He's only 10% owned, and he would be very, very you know, disgusting, but ultimately high used against a, a decent you know, Packer secondary. But they've been getting bleed by big plays. Maybe Pettis finally has that blow-up game many expected, and certainly not us. We had no shares in Pettis this year. Uh, 10% owned, that could be your plan. Maybe Alan Lazard, he's my favorite of the Packers wide receiver twos. I don't like any of those guys really against a tough San Fran D. I don't hate Josh Reynolds, only 10% owned for the Rams. They're playing Monday night, so you could potentially get that with Robert Woods uh, still away from the team. And speaking of that, let's transition. There's some backup plans, though, for wide receivers. Make sure you're tracking Debo, Kittle, Sanders, and Matt Breida throughout the week. And if Breida's out, Mostert again, a decent spot for the guy. Uh, fifth most points to running backs, Green Bay. They've been bled a lot. You got to get past the fact that he fucking sucked and ruined weeks. Oh, God, I fucking hate him. Uh, spicy brown mustard this last week. Got to get a hate cut out of him. Uh, uh, but ultimately, if you need a backup plan, a Band-Aid ready for Brita, it would be Mostert as your, your direct backup there. Uh, but as I alluded to, Robert Woods, personal reasons, still away from the team's facility. So who knows what's going on? It's a family matter. They've been very mum about what's going on. I respect that. Protect the guy's privacy. Uh, but ultimately... You know, you got to be nervous. You got to have a backup plan there too. Josh Reynolds, as we mentioned, only 10% owned. Brandon Cooks looks like he might be back from the concussion. He's on track to play. Tough matchup against the Ravens, but if you're relying on these uh, Rams receivers, you have to have your backup plan ready. And as I want to just pump real quick, if you're tuned in, give us a like. We got a bunch of you guys watching here, only five likes. I appreciate that. We got 16 comments. I promise. Gonna get to those sit-start questions in a second. I got just a couple more injury notes. I want to make sure I get through this trainer's room, hit a few questions, and then we're going to get to higher, lower, Hail Mary. We got injured Steelers, just another team completely dinged up. Uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reporting Juju Smith-Schuster is not expected to play. He's got a concussion. He's got a knee injury, and uh, I get the knee injury. It's not overly serious what they're saying, uh, but the concussion and that combined just seems like he's going to probably be held out. He also got Deontay Johnson banged up, but he did return to practice Day, despite pleading out of his ear, holy hell, on uh, Thursday Night Football. He did return to practice, had those couple extra days to get suited up. He's been one of Mason Rudolph's top targets when out there. Could be an intriguing stream against Cincinnati, especially with Juju out. Um, between those guys, I actually would prefer the most James Washington, 14% owned right now. Um, and he's been producing a little bit lately, 8.9, 16, and then 6.4. I mean, nothing flashy in two of those three, but still serviceable. And now would be the stand-in number one wide receiver. He was Mason Rudolph's boy in college and all throughout the preseason. We're going to give you some stats on that later because uh, he's one of the guys I am definitely throwing out there as a Hail Mary if you need a streamer. Um, that's the guy I would look at to fill in if you need a, a plan for James. Juju and also James Conner. Again, you know, what is it this week? Now it's a shoulder. First, it was an ankle, a calf, a, a quad. The guy is just brittle. It's unfortunate because I do love how he runs, but man, it, it takes it in a heavy contact load. He is expected to miss the week. He was sidelined on Wednesday. Keep monitoring him because the matchup is very inviting. Fifth most points to running back is Cincinnati. Uh, but if he's out, Jalen Samuels right into my top 
11, 12, maybe even top 10 running backs for the week as a very high usage guy with all these receivers also dinged up. You can expect, you know, another 10 plus target day for Jalen Samuels, assuming James Connors out. Uh, last couple notes here. We got a Redskins notes. We got some injured Falcons to cover some injured Giants. And then we're going to get to all your questions in the higher, lower Hail Mary of the week. Um, so injured Falcons, though. Um, right here, or injured back. Let's go to the Redskins' backfield here. Adrian Peterson sideline. They're saying it might be rest, but also labeling it turf toe. So who knows uh, how serious this is going to be? He played a season low twenty five percent outside the first game where he was benched. With Darius guys returning, playing about seven percent more snaps this last week. I expect that to continue. AP, I mean, yeah, I think he can cut the guy, get Darius Geis's significant injury history, but I imagine the team's going to try to work him, work him, work him a bit more each and every week, maybe try to get a sense, can this guy be our back of the future, our future horse, potentially. In the meantime, Chris Thompson also returning to practice on Wednesday. Uh, another intriguing ad, only 13% owned. He averaged well over six targets and four receptions a game. So definitely very PPR relevant. In fact, he had 10, eight targets over the first couple weeks. I get that was Gruden's offense, uh, but he was the RB10 before going down in 2017, the RB12 in PPR points per game just last year. This offense has always kind of funneled to him when he's out there. I, it's Bill Callahan. He's, he's much more old school style, but would not be shocked to see him, um, Chris Thompson, coming right into a role. They're facing Detroit, so that's the team giving up the most points to running backs. Any of these guys could be intriguing for sure. Uh, in terms of injured Falcons, we got Devonta Freeman not practicing this Wednesday. Uh, looking like another Brian Hill 15-plus carry day, but he's the fucking worst. I absolutely hate Brian Hill. 15 carries, 30 yards, no touchdowns. Gets vultured from Ollison. Tells you he doesn't give a shit about your fantasy team. Let's all give a collective middle finger. Feel free to comment it if it makes you feel better. Uh, middle finger to Devonta. I mean, not Devonta Freeman, Brian Hill. Just ruining weeks in DFS, ruining weeks in season long. Screw you, Brian Hill. Not going to use you despite the decent matchup um, against Tampa Bay. That's a tough run D. Not into that. Austin Hooper also not going to play, but ahead of the schedule, according to reports. So don't cut him. And if he's been cut and you're a playoff-minded guy, pick up Austin Hooper. Uh, the guy's been a monster this season, a top three tight end whenever he plays. That offense from Dirk Cutter has always funneled to tight ends. Won't be out there this week. You can't really stream Luke Stalker uh, of Disgusting um, or Jaden Graham, even though Tampa Bay does give up the second most points to tight ends. You got to find someone else to stream, maybe a Ben Watson or something out there. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Austin Hooper will not be playing this week. The Giants, Evan Ingram, speaking of tight ends, he's sidelined. And according to Jordan Rennan of uh, ESPN, he'd be surprised to see him out there. It's a good matchup against the Bears. So if he plays, you can definitely toss him in the lineups. Uh, but ultimately, don't expect him there. Again, have your backup plans. I love Ryan Griffin, only 20% owned right now, facing Oakland, the fourth, the third most points to tight ends, and just a couple big blow-up games across his last four. One of my favorite streams right now, Ryan Griffin, the first place I'd look. Sterling Shepard does uh, – I don't get how this works. He's in concussion protocol but practiced in full on Wednesday. How do you practice in full despite being in concussion protocol? I, none of that makes any sense to me, but it seems like he's trending to returning this week. The guy did average 16 points per game. I was you know, in the top 10 in points per game right now. Went out there. Daniel Jones did love him. So ultimately, Sterling Shepard, you know, only 40% on coming into waiver wires this week. Definitely a guy to consider for your stretch. The Giants have one of the easiest 
easiest weeks 14 through 16. I wouldn't toss out Shepard quite yet against a tough Bears secondary, but ultimately you could you know stash him right now. Let's see him get back on the field, see if that rapport has re- remained. Uh, last but not least, David Njoku expected to be active. They designated him for return uh, from injured reserve and should be out there this week getting Miami. So immediate could be tossed in because tight end is just that bad, um, especially if you need a backup plan for some of those other guys I mentioned in terms of like Ingram um, and Hooper. Um, and also look looking forward, you know, Miami, the 15th most points, Pittsburgh, the 6th, Cincy, the 13th, and Arizona, the 1st. A very friendly next four weeks. He caught a touchdown in his only full game this year, David Njoku. I get last year was very boom-bust. Uh, it's just disgusting at times. It can ruin your weeks. But this Browns offense seemed to get a little bit more in sync. Uh, and he could be that missing piece. They've targeted you know, RSJ and Demetrius Harris decently in his absence. I could see Njoku being a little bit of a difference maker down the stretch run here. Uh, and then last but not least, Tyree Kill. Hamstring strain was deemed minor. He gets a bye week to rest up. You should expect him probably back right after the bye week. Um, he gets the Raiders, so steps right into a juicy blow-up spot. I guess I should mention, too, Amari Cooper did practice in full despite the knee injury, despite saying he's less than 100%. This is a very tough spot for him facing Stephon Gilmore, facing that Patriots defense, giving up the fewest points to wide receivers, and now less at than 100%. It's tough to ever bench Amari Cooper. You'd have to have some very good depth at wide receiver to do so. Uh, but ultimately, I'd consider it this week. Alrighty, as promised, let me get to your sit starts. Thank you guys so much for being patient. We do still have a higher, lower Hail Mary coming up. So if you're tuning into the pod, uh, you want to fast forward to this for a few seconds, go for it if you don't feel like listening to other sit starts. But we got Jimmy Parsons, waivers run tonight. I have Carson and Hunt at running back. Should I grab Scarbo, Wilkins, or Williams, or grab Hollister? Henry's on by. I love stashing Hollister. I think that's the guy I would target right now, uh, Jimmy Parsons. 99 yards and three touchdowns across his last two. That invaluable Seattle tight end role uh, is so, you know, it, regardless of who it is, they just love to target them in the red zone, their tight ends. And this guy's athletic. He's big body, 6'4", 245. Makes one-handed snag touchdown last week. I mean, the guy gets it done. Russell Wilson at quarterback just can always make these crazy plays. And it seems to me like he's might be that number two, you know, at worst number three target on the totem pole right now. To, you know, 16 targets these last two weeks. I like Hollister a lot. Uh, that's where I'd go first, and then I would go Scarbo. I don't really want to get involved in this Colts nightmare except for Hines as the pass catcher if you're in a PPR league. Sal, great to see you, my dude. Uh, Lindsey or James White, half PPR. I got to go Lindsey. Uh, there was a, you know only 67 yards this last week, but the snap total was as high as it's been all season. I think it was right around 70% to 30%. Um, an out-touch, I think 18 to 9, so doubled up Royce Freeman. And now gets a Buffalo D, giving up the ninth most points to running backs. I like him. James White just inconsistent. That whole backfield, tough to trust. And Dallas does give up a decent amount of points to running backs. Uh, so a fair matchup. I, I, I mean, I could see the flow for White this week, too. It does seem like that White-style matchup where, you know, back-and-forth passing battle. Uh, now, now that I started to think about it, you got me questioning myself, Sal. But I like Lindsey. Just a sure bet for about 15 to 20 touches. That, that backfield really seems to be transitioning. And that was by design. They did say ahead of the game they wanted to start featuring Lindsey more. So uh, so give me him. Daniel Howland, welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, great to see you. And quick, before I get to you, just anybody that's out there willing to share, like, comment, especially shares if you're in any fantasy football groups. That's been so huge for us to grow our numbers this year. Um, and it's not about numbers. We just want to help more and more people 
people. We only got a few more weeks to do so. So any type of that, you know, shares and, and whatnot is very much appreciated um, as we get you down here for the stretch. But Daniel Hallen, you've been fantastic coming all year. So great to see you again. Should I try and trade Gurley to get D. Henry? I would. Henry's been a monster. Uh, Gurley fresh off his best game. I mean, Gurley, though, they, they did say they're going to rest him and then ride him down the stretch here. We saw 25 carries by far a season high, uh, you know, 100 yards TD. I wouldn't be shocked to see that more consistent down the stretch and a decent schedule. But Henry, to me, just feels healthier, fresher, spryer. And he also gets a nice cake stretch run here for the Titans. I think I lean Henry. So if you had the option to go one or the other, Henry would be my pick. Hollister and Scarbo. Uh, yes, yeah, so and Patrick James, you agree, and the same order. Look at that. Wolves think alike, my friend. Good to see you. Dan Heggs, welcome in. I uh, like Hollister. Probably can't get both. Hunt versus Miami's enticing. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, you already have two good running backs, and with your bye week, I'd prioritize getting Hollister. Um, and Hunter Henry has that injury history, too, so it would be nice to have a good insurance policy for him, Jimmy. Uh, and I, I do like Hunt. I think he finds the end zone against Miami, giving up the most points. Uh, the most yards on the ground to running backs. He's been so highly involved right from the bat. Assuming Samuels plays, and he's supposed to play, I imagine you say Connor uh, for that one, Jose. Who do you sit, Mark Ingram, Hunt, or Samuels? I'd sit Hunt, which is, I just raved about the guy. Uh, but to me, I would play Ingram and I'd play Samuels out of those two. Uh, I would sit Kareem Hunt. Sit one, Gallup, Metcalf, or Cup. Um, that's tough, man. I think you asked this one, Jose, if I remember correctly, uh, last night on this, this, the rankings, I remember that was a tough one. Metcalf has a solid matchup. Uh, Gallup has a tough one against the Pats, but with, you know, Cooper dinged up, they might need to rely on him more. I just, Dak's been getting it so done so well. I don't think this Patriots D as... They're very good, don't get me wrong. As a Pats fan, I am in love with this defense, but would not be shocked uh, if the Cowboys can move it a little bit better than the most teams they've faced. I can't sit Cooper Cup despite the two duds. I think I'm sitting Metcalf out of these options, and that's liking him a lot this week. Uh, but I, I'm going to go Cup and Gallup, and I'm going to sit Metcalf. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate that love, my friend. Nick Foles or Darnold? I'm going to go Darnold, um, and we're going to get into higher, lower Hail Mary. He's my favorite Hail Mary of the week. We're about to get there. Um, so, guys, I'm going to move on to that right now because Darnold answered that question. I see, you know, we got some regulars here, and Aaron Van Deventer, the uh, the fullback there, Dylan Adams, some of my regulars, Denny Jennings, great to see you. Uh, so we got some regulars. I will be sure to get to your questions. Keep them coming in. Um, actually, you know, I'm going to answer them real quick right now. I'm going to cut it off at you, uh, Eric Underwood. So keep getting your questions in, though. I'm going to do a live mailbag the rest of the show after this higher, lower Hail Mary. But let me get to these questions real quick. Stash Shepard or, Shepard or Slayton? Ask Pat James. I think Shepard is the, the starter when he's there. Slayton would be more of the wide receiver three. I like them both. But Shepard definitely, to me, is the uh, the clear-cut number two, maybe even number one wide receiver when healthy. So I go with him. Uh, what should I do with Sanu? You can't start him this week, it seems, uh, because ultimately uh, he was mispractice. Him and Philip Dorsett mispractice. You got to put him on the bench until we know he's going to be consistently involved. I thought we had that sign, 14 targets, 10 catches, uh, even only in the second week. All the reports are they're on the same page. They didn't have to think in this offense anymore. And then he goes and disappears for a while. Uh, so ultimately, um, Dylan, you hang on to him because it could be a meaningful role in one of the better offenses in the league. But it's tough to trust him until we see that role. You know, Nikhil Harry comes back. Now it's maybe even more congested. It might just be Edelman, the only one you can trust as a pass catcher there. Uh, Aaron, do you want to drop by and say Jamal has the best safety in the league? 
Thanks for tuning in. And I can't really disagree with you. I do love Jamal Adams. One of the top, absolutely top safeties in the league. Uh, Adam, someone dropped Freeman in my league. What the fuck? Yeah, I think you can pick him up, Dylan. Uh, maybe they're thinking Brian Hill just takes over for the stretch. But he could practice as early as this week with the reports. So I would go out and scoop uh, Devonta Freeman. Who I imagine you're saying because Royce Freeman can get cut and go fuck himself. He's useless. But ultimately, yeah, Devonta Freeman, go scoop him up if he's there. Um, Denny Jennings, Hollister, Fant, or McDonald for this week and rest of season. PPR, thanks, Wolf. Hollister, I just raved about and for a good reason. Love him this week and I love him rest of season. That Seattle role has been so invaluable to tight ends, especially in the red zone. Uh, so give me him. I do like Fant's target share, 23 uh, across the last three weeks ever since Emmanuel Sanders left. But yeah, 16 for Hollister, 8 per game over the last two. I, I lean that way, just a bigger athlete and a better offense. Um, I trust that better. And then I'm going to get to your other questions after Eric Underwood, after I do higher, lower, Hail Mary. Let's get Devontae Parker, Galladay, or Landry for the flex. I'm going to go Parker there. I do really like, ah, I might go Landry, but Parker, man, 135 yards, season high, uh, seven catches, first game without Preston Williams, and he gets it done against Tredavious White, one of the top corners in the league. This guy's been at double digits and half PPR, five of his last seven. The wide receiver, 18 over that, you know, these last few weeks. And on the season, wide receiver, 24. The guy is as consistent as they come, so it's tough for me to bench Parker. Landry's also in a great spot against Miami, plus you got the revenge game. Uh, is it PPR? Is it half? Is it standard? Let me know for that. Landry is on that three-touchdown streak, too, so that's really tricky. If anything, I'll, I can at least say let's eliminate Galladay. I don't trust him with Driscoll. Um, that's going to segue nicely into higher, lower, Hail Mary. My quarterback of the week, higher. Carson Wentz versus Seattle. He's my QB 10. That's five spots higher than the ECR. And I get why you might be lower. I get why the experts might be lower. He hasn't been above 15 points in four straight weeks. But you look at the calendar, kind of understandable. Face the 24th, 29th, 28th, 32nd in terms of fantasy points allowed. Very tough matchups over that span. They're all in the red in terms of calendar. Uh, now he finally gets a top 15 matchup in Seattle. They've allowed 1923, uh, 460 passing yards to Matt Schaub. So 25 points there, 20 to Winston. Uh, that was Mayfield, Lamar, Matt Schaub, Winston, all around 20 points, all above 20. Uh, Jimmy G had a dud 10 points on Monday Night Football, but other than him, you know, again, 20 points or more for their last five very strong efforts. I think Wentz could stack up nicely. I think that game goes back and forth, and you get, you know, a nice 270, 300 yard, two to three touchdown day out of Carson Wentz. He'd be in most of my lineups this week. Lower, and this is kind of a trend on this show, that's Aaron Rodgers. He's made me look very stupid once, but he's only had three blow-up games this year, and they were very predictable against horrible secondaries. He's actually been under 15 fantasy points in six of 10 games. That is disturbing. That is disgusting for the supposed best quarterback in the league. Fucking bum. It quits on his teammates. Loser. But in terms of fantasy, the matchup couldn't be worse. Second fewest points to quarterbacks this year. And he, you know, under 10 fantasy points back-to-back -back weeks in much easier matchups. 161 yards, one TD, 233 scoreless yards in back-to-back -back weeks. Just been disgusting and now gets an even harder matchup. Not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. He's my QB 17. 11 spots lower than the ECR. Somehow he's the QB 6. 
Somebody please explain to me, how is Aaron Rodgers the QB6? Disturbing, disgusting, and dead wrong, in my opinion. I'd much rather have, in terms of Hail Mary, Sam Darnold, my quarterback 13 of the week. That's three spots higher than the ECR against Oakland, who's surrendering the eighth most points to quarterbacks. He's got 21 and 25 in his last two games, been taking advantage of strong matchups. And I think he's going to go for 20-plus again, flashing that strong chemistry with Crowder and Griffin, getting it done in the red zone. This Gase offense is starting to pick up the pace a little bit, not playing quite as slow and sluggish as they had been. Uh, so he's only 30% owned out there in a lot of leagues. And if he's not there, you can toss a Hail Mary in on Driscoll, only 8% owned Jeff Driscoll. Uh, he's got some nice rushing ability, which really buoys his floor. He's facing Washington, giving up the 15th most points to quarterbacks. He just got done Jeff Driscoll in a much tougher matchup against the Cowboys. He's got 17 and 27 across two starts right now. If you're desperate for a bye week fill-in, I would take a long look at Jeff Driscoll. Also, I mean, Baker Mayfield's out there in a lot of leagues, so check him out against Miami. In terms of running backs, my hire of the week is Jalen Samuels facing Cincinnati. He's my running back 11. That's plus 7 on the ECR. They're giving up the 5th most points to running backs, nearly a touchdown per game, and the 3rd most yards per game at 116.2. And there's really no one else there to throw to. No Juju. Deontay Johnson may be back, but probably not after bleeding out of his ear. So he should hog work Jalen Samuels in the receiving game. Him and James Washington. This offense should funnel through those two. Uh, this is, of course, assuming Connor's out. Things get a, a bit of a wrinkle, a bit of a wrench tossed in, if not. But still, I love Samuel's top 12 running back play, a Robbie one in my opinion. Other than that, Darius Geis, I'm also a lot higher on. My running back 22, that's nine spots higher than the ECR facing Detroit, who gives up the most points to running backs. He was only at about 30% snap share last week, but AP's dinged up. I think that snap share is going to continue to grow each and every week. Uh, and Geis, just you know, 45-yard touchdown on a screen pass this last week. I really like Darius Geis. The talent's always been there. He finally made it through a game healthy. I know Thompson's going to be back, and that's going to you know shake things up even more. Can you really trust a three-headed nightmare on one of the league's worst offenses? It sounds insane, but Detroit has been that generous to running backs. I think Geis is that talented that even on like about half the snaps and half the touches, he could really go off this week. And I expect this team to really try to get a nice scouting report on this guy. Can he be our foundational back uh, for the rest of our future? So I like Darius Geis. I think for the rest of the season, he's going to really pick up the pace, starting in the juiciest of matchups here against Detroit. Lower, I, I don't love Jonathan Williams and all the hype going on about him. He's ranked as a top 26 running back by the ECR. I am at running back 33, seven spots below that. I think Wilkins, you know, he could step in and be that three-headed nightmare. Uh, maybe even be the lead back. He was, he was ahead of Williams earlier in the preseason. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if he's the one that leads the team and carries against Houston. And Houston, you know, they've been generous to running backs in the receiving game, but definitely limiting teams on the ground. Uh, not the best of matchups, especially if you're splitting early down carries and there's no real rhyme or reason to Williams or Wilkins. I don't love either of those guys. I would much rather, for my Hail Mary of the week, nice transition here, go to Naeem Hines. He's much higher, not much higher, but a few spots higher at running back 30 this week for me. Uh, that's you know 10 spots higher than the ECR right now and higher than Jonathan Williams. If I'm going to trust a Colts running back, it's going to be Naeem Hines. And the reason is Houston's very susceptible to pass-catching backs. I alluded to this earlier, uh, but they've been getting the most reception in the league, 7.6. 
and yards, 64.6, two running backs alone. That's a shitload of points. That's 13 PPR points right there in terms of their averages. Hines does have a decent nose for the end zone, got a goal line carry last week. If this game flow favors him, if they go down early, I would not be shocked to see Naeem Hines light it up. He averaged 8.5 targets per game uh, last year when Mac was out. I could see a 6-7 to seven catch, you know, 70 receiving yard touchdown style day for Naeem Hines. And I already alluded to Chris Thompson coming back. He's only 13% owned. I have him 43 spots higher than the East Chats. Them essentially saying, you can't trust this guy yet. I don't really want to, but if you're desperate for a running back flex with six teams on by, this team's given up the first point Detroit has, two running backs, um, and, and Chris Thompson averaged over six targets and four receptions while active early on in the season. Um, Ten target day to lead off the year. I could see him, especially if they get down to Driscoll early. Um, the game flow, if it works out in his favor, five, six catches. What else do you need for a complete Hail Mary? Wouldn't be surprised to see the explosive Chris Thompson. Again, RB10, RB12, when he played the last couple seasons. Just a matter of being on the field, but now he's going to be on the field for the best possible matchup. I can toss him in there if I'm desperate. At wide receiver, the guy I'm higher on, and we were higher on him all preseason, and I'm thrilled to see him panning out the way he is. That's Jamison Crowder facing Oakland. He's my wide receiver 10. Yes, that means I think he's going to be a wide receiver 1, a top 12 play. It's 12 spots, a whopping 12 spots higher than the ECR. Is it that bold, though? The guy has been the number one, yes, let me say it again, number one wide receiver these last three weeks. He has the most fantasy points in that span. He's gone for 75-plus yards, five-plus receptions, and a score in that span in every single game, averaging more than, I mean, 16 points or more in half PPR, so 20 points or more uh, in, in full. And now he gets Oakland, ninth most points to wide slot wide receivers. Um, they've been very generous, especially with LaMarcus Joyner, who's been horrible. Now he's out, even more susceptible. I think this game has sneaky shootout potential with Dar- uh, Darnold and and uh, Derek Carr going back and forth to bad defenses. I wouldn't be shocked to see Crowder once again go for 80-plus, maybe even hits 100, another 7-8 to eight catches and a score. He seems locked into that every single week. I love him this week. I also alluded to T.Y. Hilton, expected to be back. I'm 48 spots higher than the ECR at wide receiver 12. Now, granted, they're probably factoring in the injury, but he practiced in full. I'm expecting him out there, and as long as he is, he smashes, thrashes, makes the Texans his little bitch every single time he plays them. Five, the last six games, nine catches, 199 yards, four catches, 115. One dud, a week 17 meaningless contest, three for 14, but also five, 175, two, nine, 115, one. And then the last time out, six, 74, and one TD. That's well over 20 points per game. I think the guy just smacks them around like he owns them, and he does. So T.Y. Hilton, if out there, I think he does it yet again. The secondary's banged up, and they already sucked. Uh, they're going to what the third most points to, to wide receivers. Get me T.Y. Hilton in my lineup if he's back, despite the injury risks. And he was expected to play last week, too. He, he wanted to get out there, so I really think he comes back. Lower, anybody with a backup quarterback right now, they're, they're fucking tanking these guys. We, we really factor in, you know, you got your talent, you got your usage, and then you also have to factor in surrounding talent. And, man, we have some of the worst QBs we've ever seen playing right now. So looking at Kenny Galladay, he's my wide receiver 28 this week, nine spots below ECR. Curtis Samuel, my wide receiver 34, 11 spots below the ECR. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver 41, nine spots below the ECR. Look at what they did last week, 3.9, 4.5, and 1.5 in order from what I just introduced them as respectively. 
And those were in some right matchups too. So if I'm picking one to use, maybe, you know, obviously Galladay is the better talent and Driscoll just kind of slings it up and lets him make plays. Samuel will be getting like a third string corner. So any of these guys could go off. But man, if I have an option to bench them, uh, I totally would. And speaking of options to bench them, Hail Mary, I alluded to James Washington, only 14% owned, facing a bad Cincinnati D, and might be the only true wide receiver on this team active. Uh, Johnny Holton, the number two right now. So it's going to be a 10-plus target day for James Washington with the guy Mason Rudolph, who he dominated with in college and has dominated the preseason. His last season in college actually won the award, uh, the Binkleton, whatever the fuck it is, for best receiver. Uh, 1,549 yards and 15 touchdowns on 74 catches when these two were paired up in college and now uh, in the preseason 17 catches 366 yards and four TDs on about 200 snaps the guy gets deep their chemistry is real I think Washington could light up a horrible Cincinnati team Um, so big fan of him this week Moving on to tight end, and this is our last position before we get to any other lingering questions. So I see like Denny Jenning, David, uh, Daniel, you guys got some more in there. Especially David, thank you for sharing. Shouting you out, brother. I appreciate that. Eric with another one. Uh, Let me know any more questions. It looks like we got about seven more lingering there. I got some Twitter ones, but comment in now, guys. I got my tight ends to get through, and then it's going to be pure mailbag the rest of the week. Any likes, shares in the meantime? Always greatly appreciated, folks, so thank you for that. Uh, But tight end, who am I higher on? The guy I've talked about at length already tonight, that's Jacob Hollister. He's my tight end five. That's four spots higher than the ECR. Philly, not the best of matchups. It's not really a matchup-based, more so role-based here. That red zone tight end role is insane in terms of the way they scheme it up. You know, you got Jimmy Graham leading the league in red zone catches, uh, red zone touchdowns, red zone targets. Just a couple seasons ago, Will Disley was averaging about a touchdown per game before he went down. And now you get Hollister. Three touchdowns over his last two, 99 yards, 12 receptions on 16 targets in that span as well. Big athletic guy, 6'4", 245. He can move, can contort the body. Uh, he's going to be that red zone weapon where you know Wessel Wilson loves to lock in on. I think he definitely finds the end zone at least once in this shootout style game. And, and you know, he's like a big wide receiver. That's what is the, the rub on him coming out of college was he can't block, he's not physical. Um, but ultimately... You don't want that as a fantasy player. You want the athletic guy that's making catches all over the place. That is Jacob Hollister. I'm so big fan of him. I think he can light it up this week for you. Four spots higher than the ECR at my tight end five for the week. I'm lower on Gerald Everett. Uh, My tight end 14, five spots below the ECR. and Ideally not a starter for you, even though the ECR thinks he is. How can you put him in? He only played 14 snaps. He he was dinged up coming into the game. Who knows if he's healthy? Uh, Impossible to trust, especially with three fantasy points or less. He's been under three fantasy points in three of his last five games. That's a weak ruiner there, folks. And I get the position is hideous. I get he's had a couple blowups mixed into there too. But Baltimore, 28th points, uh, 28th most uh, ranks 28th in points allowed to tight ends. So they are uh, very good at limiting. That's the fourth fewest among tight ends. So very limiting. And that defense is just getting better by the week. Uh, you can't trust Gerald Everett in your lineups this week, folks. I don't think you drop him. The schedule coming up, listen to this, Arizona next week, the first most points, Seattle, seventh most points in Dallas, fifth most points in tight ends in the next three weeks. So uh, you don't drop him. He could really rebound, but I think, you know, right now banged up against a physical defense that's been defending tight ends very well. I couldn't have Everett in my lineup. Get in a Hail Mary, such as Ryan Griffin, only 23% owned. 
despite having some massive blowups over his last four games. He's facing Oakland, giving up the third most points, trailing only Arizona and Tampa Bay, who are historically bad against tight ends. So the uh, Oakland secondary, also horrendous. Plenty of 20-point days to tight ends allowed already this year. And Griffin, 22.6 and 19.4 in two of his last four. The floor is definitely scary. He's got a .3 game mixed into there, too. But without Herndon, the guy's been in on 84% of snaps in all but one game, 94 or more in all but three. So, I mean, the guy has been in there plenty, and I think this is a spot where he gets blown up again. Adam Gase loves his tight ends in the red zone. We saw Julius Thomas have a 15-touchdown season. Uh, even in Chicago with nobody, they had guys who scoring touchdowns left and right at the tight end position. It's a scheme thing. Uh, the guy's nothing special, Ryan Griffin, as an athlete, but still, uh, in terms of volume, you know, he's right around, the, the, after Jamison Crowder, He's right around their next most consistent guy. I think he definitely finds the end zone this week against Oakland. Alrighty, folks, let's hit the mailbag. It's on to your sit starts the rest of the way here. Uh, it's starting off with Denny Jennings. I'm dropping cry me a river and picking up Brissett. I love it. Rivers looks like shit. He's not good anymore. He's sailing balls left and right. It was painful watching him. And I love Rivers' competitiveness, the trash talk and everything about him, but he doesn't back it up anymore. So not a fan of him at all. Totally can see you dropping him for Brissett. I like Jacoby's rest of season schedule. I think this week against Houston, they had given up the ninth most points to QBs. Definitely a great place to stream him. And with Josh Allen facing Denver, yeah, I played Brissett this week over Josh Allen, Denny. All about it. Winston or Brissett, you're asking here? Uh, David C. I do go Winston. He's my QB7 for the week. Another shootout-style game facing Atlanta. He's going to throw a pick six. He's going to be a moron. Probably going to fumble. But still, I could see him going 300 or more on 2-3. to three. So, yeah, I'm a fan of Winston this week. Even though I do like Brissett, too. That's my plan. Uh, friend and I are going to make a trip up north to catch a live show. I fucking love it, Daniel. Come on, get it. Get, keep up the show. Always recommend it. I appreciate that, man. If if you want to catch one this season, our last one most likely of the year, Old Planners, on December 1st. So not this week. Going to the Pats Cowboys, baby. Can't fucking wait. Uh, but after that, live show, uh, you know, maybe you got your Monday off from Thanksgiving, whatever. We'll be there December 1st, Old Planners Brewery in Beverly. Uh, what a wonderful spot, too, if you've never been there. Great beers, awesome setup there. Cannot wait to get back there. Uh, so, Daniel, if you want to make that trip up, December 1st, bring a crew. We'll have ourselves a day. That'd be fucking awesome, man. Uh, David C., Asking Jamal Williams or Wilkins from Indy. I'm going to go Williams. I mean, double digits in almost all his games since returning from injury. I don't trust this Colts backfield outside of Naeem Hines. One of those guys, Williams or Wilkins, will probably find the end zone. So I've gotten a lot of Williams questions. I'm getting a lot of Wilkins. Like, you guys are probably going to hate me for whichever one does score. But uh, ultimately, to me, uh, I, I got to go Jamal Williams. It's been more consistent. It's a tough matchup against San Fran. So, uh Oh, man, this is ugly. So maybe you go Wilkins and hope for the touchdown in an easier spot. Oh, man, David, is there any better? Can you can you give me something else to use here? What else is available? But out of those two, I'm going to go Jamal Williams um, personally. Standard League Wolf. I can't remember the question, Eric. If you want to re-ask it, hey, if you're, you're still tuned in, my apologies. Uh, I can't remember what it was. So Standard League probably is going to change up my answer, though, because I often do a, a PPR lens. Jacksonville Detroit defense. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I mean, Jacksonville's not set up well with Henry probably going to steamroll that team. And Tannehill's been you know, protecting the ball pretty well. And then Detroit gets an awful Washington team. 
I, and they're opportunistic. I could see Detroit getting themselves a touchdown this week. Uh, Haskins is horrendous. So, yeah, I'm going to go Detroit there, David. Um, Denny Jennings, Crowder will be in my lineup going forward. Yeah, you can't bench that guy. Again, the number one wide receiver over the last few weeks. Um, so, yeah, keep him in that lineup and don't don't think twice, especially against Oakland. Um, half PPR, Goddard or Fells asked David. I'm going to go Goddard. Uh, touchdown in three of his last four games. Um, and, and Fells, also a decent red zone body. And the Colts are, are mediocre against tight ends. But to me, Goddard just feels a little bit safer. Seattle's been you know, bleeding points to tight end. And Goddard's been scoring no matter what the matchup is. So give me him. I think he finds the end zone yet again. Um, and, and then you also get the Zach Ertz if he gets hurt, handcuff style upside to Goddard. And then Eric Underwood asking Parker, Galladay, or Landry. That's the standard league question. Uh, to me, you know, I think I'm going to lean. Oh, that's a tough, tough one. I, I like Landry in the revenge game, especially in standard. He's getting a lot of scores. I think they're going to make it a point to get him in the end zone, Eric. So give me Landry uh, with a standard league scoring. Isn't that weird to think Landry? You know, PPR is usually the league that you want him in, but standard, the touchdowns have been there. Um, and c- a couple other mailbag questions. Uh, oh, we got a few more. I apologize. I'm torn up with injuries. Don't apologize. I, you know, I'm starting some fucking disgusting creatures in my lineup. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, bye weeks. It's a tough one, Dave. Um, if you want to send us a screenshot of the best available in terms of um, the roles, I mean, I could probably toss in Thompson. I don't know if Hines is available. He'd be the first guy I look at. If not, I might go Thompson over those options you said at running back. Or can you get a you know a James Washington at flex instead? Let me know that December. Tra- you're gonna you're gonna come up, Denny Jennings. You can crash on the couch, my dude. If you if you actually make it up uh, from Philadelphia, we'll have ourselves an absolute day. I'll probably have to call it a work if Denny Jennings is making his way uh, up here for Monday. I won't be able to show my face after the day we could probably put together. Um, Alrighty, folks. Thank you guys so much, as always, for the continued support. Let me know. Did you like the live broadcast? I really want to figure out how can I get me and Truth live together on these. Um, it would be so good to do the interviews and whatnot live. So we're going to try to figure that out. I got a new laptop coming to try to help out with that. Uh, so we'll see after CJ dumped the beer on mine. Fucking spaz. Uh, but everybody else. Oh, one more for me. Eric Underwood. I won't leave you hanging in here. Rogers or Brissett? Give me Brissett. Not a fan of Rogers. Um, again, he's my lower of the week's QB 17. I like Brissett, the rushing upside, awful secondary. Could be a shootout-style game. Uh, so give me him, especially with, uh, with T.Y. Hilton returning. Definitely a fan of Brissett this week. Folks, this is the Fantasy Fullback Dive. We pave your path to 2019 titles. Uh, if, you, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, if you haven't reviewed us yet, it means the world to us to, to get those numbers up. We greatly appreciate it. Um, and, and if you're tuned in on Facebook, thanks so much for the live interaction. We love you. We appreciate it. You can find me personally at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter. You can always hit the DMs up here or on Instagram at Roto Street Journal. Our Roto ST Journal is the Twitter handle. Um, and RotoStreetJournal is .com is the website where we pave your path. Or no, we breed and feed fantasy wolves, getting all the taglines mixed up. Uh, but the cleanest place for our content, if you're still listening, uh, got to pump our app, Roto Street Journal in your app store or RSJ, the best spot to uh, consume all our content. Nice and clean laid out. We're going to get our, our website nice and fixed up this off season, Guys, thanks so much, though. Appreciate it. Glad this went as well as it can be. 40 comments, 14 you know, good stuff. Much appreciated live audience. We're going to have to do this again. Uh, until next time, folks, the wolf is out. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd.
Football right there, folks. 